Welcome to Flowcast. I'm your host, Jeremiah Washington, and I have a special treat for you this week. You are invited to tour the magnificent Sacred Heart Convent Chapel. I'll never forget the first time I walked into the chapel. It is truly a sacred place. I hope you will enjoy listening to Sister Kathleen Gallinger's tour, recorded in 2018 for the 50th anniversary of the dedication of the chapel. To see the chapel, visit flowcastlisten.org, where you will find a video version of the tour and a tour book to download and enjoy. Welcome to Sacred Heart Convent Chapel at the Mother House of the Dominican Sisters of Springfield, Illinois. Plans for the construction of Sacred Heart Convent and Chapel began in 1962, the same year Pope John XXIII called the Second Vatican Council. Construction was completed in 1968, in the early days of liturgical reform that followed the Council. The chapel's style reflects this time period. It maintains some traditional design elements, such as its basilica-style architecture and monastic seating. Design elements that are more reflective of the reforms of the Second Vatican Council include the contemporary stained glass, freestanding altar, a prominent ambo or pulpit, and placement of the tabernacle. You'll notice the seating faces the center aisle rather than the front of the chapel. This facilitates daily prayer following the ancient monastic tradition of praying the psalms by chanting verses alternately from side to side. The face-to-face seating is a reminder of God's many ways of being present to us, among us, in the Eucharist, and in the Word of God proclaimed from the Ambo. De Prato Studios of Chicago, now De Prato Regali Studios, designed the sanctuary and all sacred art in furnishings. The stained glass is the work of Gabriel Loire, whose studio, still in operation, is near Chartres, France. The crucifix and the statues are made of Belgian black and Bianco Tagliate marble. St. Dominic is on the left and St. Catherine of Siena on the right. Dominic de Guzman founded the Order of Preachers, the Dominicans, in France in the 13th century. Catherine was a Dominican laywoman who lived in 14th century Italy. She is one of only four women recognized as doctors of the church, persons who've made significant contributions to Catholic doctrine and spiritual theology. She is one of the most important Dominican mystical theologians. The saints in the Venetian glass mosaic are Dominicans as well. Locate the saint on the lower left holding the quill pen. That's St. Thomas Aquinas, one of the greatest theologians in church history. The man to the right of St. Thomas, holding the gold tiara, is St. Pius V, a Dominican who was Pope in the 16th century. Two other saints for whom the Springfield Dominicans have a special love are on the right side of the mosaic. 
St. Rose of Lima wearing a crown of pink roses, and St. Martin de Porres standing immediately behind St. Rose are two of the first canonized saints of the Americas. They lived in 17th century Lima, Peru, where our sisters have served since 1965. Even as members of a Catholic religious community, Rose, the daughter of Spanish nobility, and Martin, the child of a mixed-race, freed slave woman and a Spaniard, were confronted with the effects of racial superiority of the type the Dominican sisters are committed to dismantling in the 21st century. You'll need to look closely to see the Latin words just beneath Dominic and Catherine on either side of the crucifix. Pro mundi vita means for the life of the world. It refers to the unending love of Jesus the Christ, who in Christian theology is the source of all creation and whose life, death, and resurrection call all Christians to give our lives as well for the life of the world. As beautiful as the art in our chapel is, the function of this sacred space and the action it facilitates surpasses it all in importance and value. Please turn your attention to the furniture in the sanctuary. You'll notice first the large table of the altar. Near it, on the left, is a smaller table called the ambo, a sort of standing desk from which the Word of God is proclaimed and preached. These two tables function as the location of the most important action to occur in the chapel, the celebration of Mass. Mass consists of two main parts, the liturgy of the Word, when Scripture is proclaimed and preached, and the liturgy of the Eucharist, during which the people of God participate in and assent to our belief in the saving action of Jesus. On the night of the Last Supper, Jesus offered himself to the world in the form of simple bread and wine. Thus began the final hours of his journey toward his passion, death, and resurrection. Catholics believe that Jesus is present to us in the breaking open of the word of God, in the preaching, and in sharing the Eucharistic meal. If you face the altar and look to your left, you'll see the tabernacle where the Blessed Sacrament is reserved. In 1994, a second large altar that stood nearby was reworked to create the ambo and this pedestal on which the tabernacle rests. The small chapel just beyond the tabernacle provides a comfortable private prayer space for our senior sisters and those who are convalescing. Turn your attention to the window behind the tabernacle. The artist Gabriel Loire named this window Communion of Saints, a reference to the Christian belief that all members of the Church, those living and deceased, are united in Christ Jesus. About this window, Loire wrote, All the hardships, sufferings, and joys of God's people are gathered into one. He makes clear the Eucharistic intent of the window. His description recognizes that claim of St. Paul in the letter to the Galatians, You are all one in Christ Jesus. Turn your attention to the mosaic to the right of the altar. It depicts the tradition that Dominic received the rosary from Mary herself. The origins of the rosary, 
the circle of beads on which the traditional prayer to Mary is counted and prayed, are uncertain. Many religious traditions use beads for prayer. Within the Christian tradition, the practice was first noted by the desert mothers and fathers in the 3rd and 4th centuries. Enjoy the delightful angels accompanying Mary. The Latin inscription reads, Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, pray for us. The French essayist Diane de Marjorie wrote that artist Gabriel Loire makes us conscious of the nature of glass, its transparency. De Marjorie says this transparency, against which nothing prevails, allows into a space message from the light outside and summons to each life within. If you concur with de Marjorie, then the 4,000 square feet of breathtaking Loire windows surrounding you are, by nature and design, much more than pious ornamental images. They are message and summons, urging those who pray within to carry the fruit of their prayer into the world they inhabit. These windows, which have shaped the prayer of Dominican sisters for a half century, are the work of one of the finest, most prolific glass artists of the 20th century. During his 74-year career, Gabriel Loire created windows for more than 850 buildings around the world. About 250 of his works are in the United States, including St. Thomas More Church, Chicago, Grace Episcopal Cathedral, San Francisco, and Sacred Heart Convent, Springfield, Illinois. Loire conceived and worked on these windows primarily in his studio near Chartres, and according to witnesses, perhaps also during a holiday in Provence. Take a moment to look around. You may first notice the subdued color of much of the glass. This is reminiscent of the grisaille style of many medieval stained glass windows. Though it is speculation, it is possible Loire chose this scheme in homage to the colors most often associated with Dominicans, black and white. What is known, however, is that in the fall of 1966, Sister Ida Marie Adams, prioress general at the time, wrote to Loire's Illinois broker asking that blue or green be substituted for gray in some spots. It would please us, she wrote. However, we do not want to destroy the concept of the artist with too much color. Like much of Loire's work, these designs are abstract, allowing space and light for the viewer's contemplation. The themes of the windows reflect the values and virtues of Dominican life in the 1960s. Loire's commission for the Dominican sisters began just following the Second Vatican Council, which spoke of the need for the Church to be open to the joys and the hopes, the griefs and the anxieties of the age, and called for a renewal of religious life. Now at the 50-year mark and beyond, it is possible to view his work as a summons to renew and strengthen our relationship with the people of God and with God's creation. Representations of what Dominicans now call the four pillars of our life, prayer, 
study, preaching, and common life are present in the chapel windows, though neither Loire nor the sisters themselves would have understood them in exactly this way. You will see Loire's visual representations of these four pillars in the windows discussed here. Many windows reference the Dominican pillar of prayer. A window called prayer is located next to the rosary mosaic on its left. There are also windows called praise and meditation and contemplation. Look to the window just to the right of the altar it is called adoration, another aspect of prayer. This window is a good example of one of the unique features of sculptured or doll glass. Its construction allows the artist to use the concrete in which the glass is placed as an integral element of the design. Notice that two wide concrete support beams divide the window horizontally into three sections. Look carefully at the center section. Do you see an abstract yellow and orange sun beaming down on a person? Do you see the concrete figure? She is standing with outstretched arms, her shadow cast behind her by the light of God's love. The windows on the right side of the rosary mosaic are called light, and next to them, the windows full of stars are called joy. Their reflection in the marble multiplies the joyful effect. Directly across the aisle from the stars is a window titled Apostolic Life. This represents to the sisters the preaching of the gospel, a life of service and ministry. The preaching began in the flaring forth of the word of God at the moment of creation. It is fulfilled in the incarnation of the word made flesh in Jesus and continues into the future through the fire of God's Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Next, find a window on the opposite wall, a bit closer to the chapel entrance, beside the stars. This window is called Convent Life. It is one of several to represent the Dominican pillar of common life. Community, or common life, is essential to Dominicans who choose to live together, sharing all things in common, as a way of fulfilling the mission to preach the gospel. In fact, St. Dominic called the first Dominican communities the holy preaching because he wanted their lives in common to be a witness to the gospel as much as any words they might speak about God from a pulpit. As you face this window, Stand at an angle so you can see the left panel and its reflection in the marble arch. Near the very top, you may see half of a Dominican shield. When the window and the marble are viewed as a whole, you see the complete shield. Now try to find the steam wafting from a cooking pot, a woman bent over her washing, or the diamond-shaped Gregorian notes. These are symbols of some of the common tasks of common life. Directly across the aisle from this window is one Loire called fraternal life. The gendered language used 50 years ago would not be accepted today. Think of this window instead as interdependence, one of the values Dominicans try to live by, with the realization that in community life, just as in science, 
the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Now walk toward the holy water font and turn toward the chapel entrance. The windows you face represent the Dominican pillar of study. You might be able to see some open books or the Greek letters Alpha and Omega. In the left window are the Hebrew words holy, holy, holy. The Greek word for peace is in the right. These are just a few of the windows that represent the four essential elements of Dominican life, prayer, study, preaching, and common life. For a more detailed review, you are welcome to spend as much time as you like contemplating the windows with the assistance of the tour book you can find on the wall opposite the main chapel entrance. Part 6. Details of Note By now you may have noticed the organ pipes standing majestically above the gallery. Its 22 ranks were built for us by Wicks Organ Company in Highland, Illinois, owned by the family of Springfield Dominican Sister Mary Kenneth Wick. The holy water font in the center aisle near the chapel entrance was constructed in 1994 in part from the marble altar built for the 1901 Motherhouse Chapel that stood on what are now the grounds of Sacred Heart Griffin High School. Baptism is, for Christians, the premier sacrament of membership in the body of Christ. For this reason, it is fitting that the font not used for baptisms, but as a reminder of the baptismal covenant, has at its base panels of delicately carved wheat and grapes, symbolizing the elements of bread and wine received in the Eucharist. When you leave the chapel, your eye may be drawn to the statue of Mary and the infant Jesus, or to the window and sculpture in honor of St. Joseph just out the door to the left. On either side of St. Joseph, you'll see the names of our deceased sisters. The litany of their names reminds the sisters to pray for them and to remember that they pray for the living as well. Also in the chapel entrance is a bulletin board containing the daily schedule at the Mother House and the list of people who have requested prayer for their needs. The sisters are happy to extend their prayer to include your needs as well. Next to the bulletin board is a carved redwood sculpture of St. Dominic created by Sister Maureen Flynn. It shows Dominic in a contemplative pose holding a lily, the traditional symbol of a saint's purity. At Dominic's feet is a dog carrying a flaming torch. Before he was born, so the story goes, Dominic's mother Jane dreamed that her son was that dog setting the world on fire with God's truth. The dog and the flame are ancient symbols for Dominicans, or Domini Canes, dogs of the Lord, in Latin. That's it for Flowcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Jeremiah Washington, signing off until next time. Stay blessed.